Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, do not, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father, and also, and my Father also, and from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide for you, with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. A little while later, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you will live also." In that day you will know that I am, in, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now 
I have told you before, before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has not he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Thank you, great John. You may be seated. So we're starting a series today, and we are um, looking at, and I want you to just consider walking in the way of Jesus. Now, we're uh, doing a study to consider the impact of Easter. Now, we're going to be looking at John chapter 14 um, today, next week, John 15, John 16, John 17, leading up to Easter, and what, what we're really going to be encouraging on social media and our, our other opportunities is that you would take this week and you would really dig in and study and look at John chapter 14 on your own. There is no way that we're going to have time this morning to break this chapter down verse by verse. That's not our intent. But what I really want, what we want to help you consider this morning is this terminology called the way. And we think it's very important that Jesus... Um, it's important that we consider this phrase because it's, it's very important in the way that Jesus ministered. Um, this phrase, the way, during the je- days of Jesus' ministry, as well as the days of the early church, was, as it was recorded in the book of Acts, it was a phrase that was built around, when you hear this term, the way, and we're going to be talking a little bit about this this morning and throughout the next several weeks, but I want you to think that it's built around following, and discipleship. It had everything to do with lifestyle and not intellectual attainment. Now, we talk regularly about this because I think that this is one of the challenges that we have within the American church family is that we've so intellectualized things that we make it about intellectual attainment. And that's not the focus of what this terminology, the way, is talking about. Jesus was referred to, if you read the scripture, you'll see that Jesus was referred to as a rabbi or a teacher. You hear people respond to him, rabbi or teacher. It was customary in Hebrew culture for men to follow a rabbi for periods of time to learn the wisdom of his teachings as well as how it applied to daily living or how it applied in lifestyle. They would view the rabbi, let's view the rabbi as they did through the lens of a wise old sage that was devoted to instructing younger followers or, I love this term, apprenticed. So think about the younger followers or an apprentice. There were typically multiple rabbis that would have disciples following them and learning from their perspective on Torah. Disciples were the followers or apprentices of the teachers. Discipleship was part of the Hebrew culture. So I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but sometimes you may have this idea that when Jesus was walking around and his disciples, his followers were following him around, make no mistake, Jesus was not the only rabbi or teacher that had a following during that period of time. If you, if you break down the scripture, you're going to see that there's reference to one that had gone before and that had died, and there's actually comparison. So there's multiple situations like this going on. Disciples often studied under several sages. 
Brad Young comments, because the disciples should have had a broad knowledge, he would usually study with one rabbi for a number of years and then go study under another sage. The master teacher was a mentor whose purpose was to raise up disciples who would not only memorize his teachings, but also live out the teachings in a very practical ways. The disciple walks with God by living out in practice the teachings of his rabbi. Paul stated in his trial before Felix, recorded in Acts 22, verse 14, 24, verse 14 in the ESV, but this I confess to you, that according to the way, now see this terminology that we're talking about, according to the way, which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. Just about every single version that I look at, even in this passage in John chapter 14, where Jesus said he made a very strong proclamation, I am the way. What's amazing is when you look at even Acts chapter, I mean, uh, Acts chapter 24 and verse 14, even in all these different versions, the same interpretation is used the majority of the time, the way. And it's a description of the followers of Jesus. So I want you to just get this term. I want you to think about the way this morning, the ways of Jesus, because we are trying to prepare and look for Easter in several weeks. What does this look like? What was going on here? Let me give you some verses about the way if you want to write them down. Acts chapter 9 and verse 2. Acts chapter 19, verse 9 and verse 23. Acts chapter 24, verse 4. Acts chapter 24, verse 14 and 22. All references to the way. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20 in the NIV, he says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. So I just want you to get this concept. I want you to think about this this morning. And I want to give you a visual. I want to just help you out. Hey, Riley, can you come up here and help me out? Thank you very much. Thanks for volunteering. Jude, you look like a good prospect. Jude, you come on up here. That's good. That's fantastic. Appreciate that volunteerism. Uh, Ashton, you knew, man. I already gave you a heads up, man. Make your way up here, brother. Now that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, you thought I was joking. Well, you found out I wasn't. Bradley, come on up here. See, did you see that? Man, he just jumped up. Charles, come on up here. Help me out this morning. That's good. How many we got up here? Three. That's, that's good. Oh, let me see. Somebody, people are not looking. People are looking down like, oh, man, okay. All right, that's good. All right, let me see. All right, Ryan, come on back up here. Come on, Ryan. I mean, Sean. I'm saying Ryan. I'm thinking somebody else. Sean, come up here. There you go. We got, we got it. Is it. Does he look like Peter? You, want, you guys want him to be Peter? Okay, that'd be cool. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. So instead of you guys standing up here like you're on display, like everybody's staring at you, gather around like we're actually a group of guys that are hanging out together, okay? So like, Jude, you know when we're all like hanging around and you're busting my chops and you're making jokes about me being old and stuff like that kind of setting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So what what I'm trying to give you a visual illustration of is that 
so many times, especially within America, we make out this whole Christian thing like we're, we're doing it by ourselves. But the whole idea of what we're talking about in this, in this New Testament setting was us just like this group of guys being able to hang out and live life together and get to know each other. So you think about if we were hanging out on a regular basis, let's just say like, okay, we're going to meet together after work. And we're going to learn from this sage, we're going to learn from this teacher, this rabbi, that we're over a period of months, we're kind of going to kind of get to know each other, right? We're going to know each other's idiosyncrasies. So if we're guys, we're going to tease around, we're going to mess with each other, but that's just all part of the learning process. Do Do you get the feeling of what I'm trying to help you understand about the way? It's this very organic, relationship driven learning process because it's not about just us taking a test like okay here's your theology and you know you, you got to check off on this and we're going to have a test next Thursday no it's, it's not about intellectual attainment it's about working this stuff through our system and then how does this fit in our daily life is that making sense all right you guys you don't you don't get a seat at the table because we're gonna we're gonna break a meal together now so as they're sitting down, let me ask you, what's the context of John chapter 14 that we're looking at? What is it? I'll give you a hint. If you want to go back to the previous chapter, John chapter 13. What did you say, Denny? Last Supper, the Lord's table. Okay. What else took place? It's different, different information in the Gospels. Hey, you guys can, if you want to drink, if you want to break some bread, you can, you can feel free. There's actually, no, Jude, don't drink out of that. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. All right, share with other people first, then you can drink out of it. If you guys want to break some bread, because see, here's the whole idea, is if you're looking at John chapter 13, what was going on is that they had gotten together for Passover. So they had gone ahead and they were, they were getting together for the Passover meal. And so they're here together and we're with Jesus and he's talking, he's teaching. There's foot washing that's going on and we're literally hanging out around a table. And then in the middle of it, Jesus switches gears and there's all this, all this detail that's taking place. But all of a sudden, now where we're here for Passover, now things have changed. And now Jesus is saying, hey, I just want you to understand that things are changing now. And the, the juice has a different meaning now. The bread that we're breaking, it, it's for a different reason. So in the context of that, I want you to think about this. According to David Biven, Jewish men were encouraged to invest a part of their lives. Can I put Leah right here since we're just hanging out together? You can feel free if you want to jump in and read any of this. Okay, cool. No? Encouraged to invest part of their lives following a sage. They would usually travel with him intermittently. The ancient rabbis held secular vocations that did not draw a salary, unlike their modern counterparts. A married man could not leave home to follow a rabbi for more than 30 days without his wife's permission. You think some things are new, nothing that ever changed. Amazingly, a disciple was expected to honor his rabbi even above his own parents. So do you you get the situation here? Now what, what I'm trying to help you understand is in the context of us looking at learning to follow the way of Jesus, this is not just intellectual theological information. This has everything to do with lifestyle. It has everything to do with an apprenticeship. It has everything to do with what the biblical model of discipleship is, and it has to do with lifestyle. 
So think about this group. I'm part of y'all and we're hanging out with Jesus in the marketplace. You know, a lot of times where we would be listening to the teachings of Jesus, it's not in the synagogue. That was one place. But a lot of times he's having these conversations with us in the marketplace. Maybe we're getting ready to buy some food or we're walking somewhere and we're having these conversations. Another time he's talking to us on a mountainside or on a hillside or out by a field. And he's, remember, he's teaching us things about wheat and barley and tares and different things that, you know, they look like the real thing, but they're not. So all these kinds of things. And then we get invited over, so we're breaking bread, we're having a meal at somebody's house. And we're around their kids, and we're talking to them. And it's just, do you get this very organic, like this real, like we're trying to learn what does this faith look like? And if you're Peter, Sean, you're our Peter this morning, and you're being awful quiet for a Peter. You should be running, you should be running your mouth a lot more, I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> I know who Peter is, but I'm not going to say anything. Jude, I'm not. Um, but I, I'm just simply saying that the beautiful part is, like we're, you know, you, you think about this whole situation and, and how Jesus was dealing with people, that it would literally, you know, like if, even, even the, some of the scripture that we read, it's not like he's pulling one of the disciples away. There's this relational interaction where he's like, hey man, you're going to be sifted. You're going to face some difficult times. I don't believe he pulled him 40 yards away to have that conversation. It could be. But it was, it was more this relational interaction, these things that are taking place. So think about here it is, we're all standing around, and Jesus is t- talking about these big things. And people were individuals, but they were also learning to do collective life together. And this is where we have to relearn what we've learned wrongly in America. Because we have this whole, like, I come to Jesus, and I'm like this hero, superstar, singular, banner-waving individual. I don't need nobody else in my life. That's not the type of Christianity. You're going to have a hard time navigating the biblical model of what Jesus was teaching because he addressed everybody individually. They were individuals, but it was how they fit in collectively to the body. So I just want to mention these real quick. If we're looking at John chapter 14, some of the things that Jesus is talking about, confusion and the struggle to understand Jesus' teaching. Somebody here today, you're frustrated because you're still confused about certain things and you put yourself down. John chapter 14 says it's it's still difficult to understand certain teachings. Believing and learning to ask the Father in Jesus' name. What a privilege. But that's, that's deep consideration. That's not an easy thing. The spirit of truth which impacts aloneness and or rejection. Some of you walked in here this morning, you feel like an orphan. You feel like you're all alone. John chapter 14, if you this week will study and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, you're not alone. Dealing with difficult transitions in life. There's some of you in here right now, you're going through some difficult transitions. John chapter 14, that's what Jesus was talking about. Godly love is an explanation of how to honor and how to be obedient. Addressing burdens, fears, and anxieties. Relationship. 
and the role of the Holy Spirit. You know what I love about when Ian was reading John chapter 14? I love the whole chapter, but I love how it says we, referring to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three real individuals with each individual role saying we are doing this on our behalf. So think about this. How does this end? How does it, how does it, the end of the chapter transition? Okay, we've had this meal. We've had all these deep things. We're talking about these things. We're hanging out. We're watching what's going on. And he says, let's leave here. Let's go somewhere else. So you guys ready to go? Let's, let's go somewhere else. Come on. So as we're walking along, we're just talking, okay? We're just having conversations. We're just talking about things. And we're like, okay, what, what does this look like? How, how, do we, how do we bless and how do we encourage? How, how do we be a blessing? Looks like that guy's got some hurting legs. Maybe he needs some healing, okay? So maybe we go, <laughs> he's pulled his legs back, man. Hey, dude, you got long legs. I'm just saying, man, it's okay. All right, but you see what I'm saying? It's like we are walking this path together. And so here's the point this morning. God has some amazing things for us, but we have to learn that Jesus proclaimed he is the way. And then we have to learn to walk in the way. And that's a learning process That's an experiential, like, how does this apply to me in my daily life? And it doesn't doesn't happen right away. Think about the things that we've been studying, and and I'm just going to talk to you guys, First and Second Peter. So here's Peter writing these deep things probably 30 years later after he made all these boo-boos. Isn't that encouraging? Because we're not called to be perfect. And some of these things are not easy to figure out right away. But how do we figure them out? By walking in the way and saying, Jesus is my way. He is my truth. And he is my life. Do you see that that's bigger than just asking Jesus to jump in your heart? And sometimes in America, we have this like ticket punching. It's almost like church is a, a, a ticket booth, like hum, get your get your ticket punched so you don't go to hell, and that's that's a disservice to the blood of Jesus Christ and the meaning of the gospel. Because in the early days, when they were talking about the way, it was this natural inculcated lifestyle or this apprenticeship, just like the rabbis or the teachers with the ones that would be following them. Thank you, guys. Thanks for helping me out. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Bradley. Yeah, Ashton. I didn't disappoint you, did I? No. (laughs) Very simply put this morning, this is what I ask you. Are you in the way? What does Jesus mean to you? Have you made him the way, your way to the Father? We're looking forward to Easter. That's why he came. 
to make a way of forgiveness and restoration and relationship so that his blood would be the anointing, the covering, the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. But it doesn't, that's only the beginning point. Because then as we make that step of faith and say, I believe, then we begin to press in and we begin to follow and say, I want you. I want to know more. I want to draw close to you. And it's not this one-time thing. It's the opening of the door for this pathway of fellowship and discipleship and apprenticeship. This is my prayer. This is our prayer. That within these counties around here, the people would look at us and not think that we have our stuff together, not that we're better than anybody else, but they would say something's going on. And they may not need to use the term because they don't know how to use it, but they would say something is different. Something has changed about them. Something has been rearranged because what we're trying to figure out and what we're learning to do is to walk in the way of Jesus. And as, as I have been doing that, I'm the same goofy, stupid personality that I was 40-some years ago. My mom would probably say that my whole life. But you know what's different about me? Is the things that come out of my mouth, you can ask my wife, they're different than they were even five years ago. The way that I respond, not in anger and frustration, has been changed because I am still at my age learning to walk in the way of Jesus. And so you know what that means? I am still in an apprenticeship. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still being transformed. I'm being changed day by day. That's why this church family thoroughly believes in baby steps. Doesn't it? You can be changed and radically changed by the Spirit of God. That's in heaven. But down here, we're still like, that was awesome. What does that mean? Because we have to figure out how to be in the way. It's a personal choice. But what we are presenting to you is a different view of Christianity than what some of you have been presented with. If you notice... For us, it's not about church attendance. Um, We are so happy you're here. Praise God, this is part of the path. But it's if this is it, then there's going to be a lacking because we've got to be in the way together. There's Bible studies and there's life groups and there's all kinds of there's all kinds of things going on. And can I tell you right now, I'm so proud of some young men and some young women that are literally just taking somebody alongside and they're saying, hey man, let's just walk life together. That's why I don't take us just being friends for granted, man. Because I love you and I care about you. And I can say that to him because I think that he knows that off camera. Because it's just about being together and walking life together. I'm learning to love you. Not so much, but I mean, I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> See, you listening, man. That's good. I just love you grinning like that. Yeah, amen, brother. Together. But do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to let go of some of this rabid individualism. And understand, I need Jesus. And I need people in my life that are going to help me see Jesus. 
Because I've seen a lot of people that say they're showing me Jesus. I'm not feeling it. And we have to be change in this world. How do we do that? There's nothing new. We're not trying to figure out something new. We're just still trying to figure out how to walk in the way. And that's where we help each other. I want you to consider studying John chapter 14 this week with us as we learn to walk in the way with Jesus. Let's stand and sing together.